Broadcasting from the point where sports meets faith, it's Benson and those guys. Now here's your host, Benson and those guys on ESPN Rochester. Welcome to the Benson and Those Guys program presented by Town & Country Pest Solutions. You can visit our website, btgprogram.com. Or it has been pointed out to me this past week a number of times my inability to say the word Twitter. So we've come up with a idea and a plan and a solution for me to say the word Twitter. So you can follow us on Twitter at btgprogram.com. <laughs> follow us on Twitter. I can oh, do it, it myself at btgprogram.com. The show is also available on podcasts. You can see the website or search for us on iTunes. The first to fall, the Oakland Raiders this past week have fired Dennis Allen, my poor wife, guys, is a Raiders fan. I don't know. Actually, I do know why. I may have told you this. Uh, there was a time when she found Howie Long to be, um, let's just handsome, you know, uh, which I guess don't we all. But um, He's a good-looking man. <laughs> if we're rating men, yeah. He's a whole lot of man. <laughs> He's a good-looking dude. Well, he was uh, enough of a good-looking dude that my wife became a Raiders fan. And there are others like who he, he's no he's no Brad Pitt from Troy. That's all I'm saying. Okay, this is this show <laughs> is going downhill real quick. My wife is a Raiders fan. I feel badly for all you Raiders fan. Uh, what's their slogan? Just win, baby. Commitment to excellence. Just win, baby. Yeah, just Al's may, dead. Maybe, <laughs> maybe just once. Win just once. When have baby. they ever been committed to excellence? Oh, there was a time there when the Raiders were good. Uh, if, if you saw the press conference this week, they have three Super Bowl yeah. trophies up there. I don't know where they got them. Uh, maybe it hasn't been in my lifetime. Apparently, well, after Al Davis in, in later years did such a poor job with the team, fans now have now have to deal with his son Mark and. In referring to the possibilities of luring John Gruden back as the next head coach, here is what he said, quote, I don't know. He may reach out to me. I may reach out to him. I may reach out to anybody. I'm not going to talk about future coaches. Wait, what? What do you, you may reach out to him. He may, anybody? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. But perhaps the issue has not been on the field coaching. ESPN uh, ran a graphic detailing the Raiders' last 10 first-round draft picks. And here are some things that stand out. I'm going to give you a couple of them. In 2010, the Raiders took Rolando McLean. The next player taken in the draft, C.J. Spiller. In 2007, they took Jamarcus Russell. The next player taken in the draft, Calvin Johnson. 2006 was Michael Huff. Right before Dante Whitner Push. In, in 2005. Yeah, but which name have you heard? I've heard more yes. of Whitner. 2005, Fabian Washington, the next player taken, Aaron Rodgers. Oh. 2004, Robert Gallery taken right before, Larry Fitzgerald. And by the way, none, none of the five players I mentioned the Raiders took are currently on an NFL roster. But yeah, fire the coach. Good luck with all that Raiders fans. And this just in, the Michigan Wolverines football team is still a mess. Got to say that Brady Hoax, he's got to be the most likable coach out there. He's one of them. Uh, he, he did, yeah, he just seems like a likable guy. But, bro, it is over. It is time to polish up the resume. I get it. Maybe you don't see everything that happens on a football field. But when your quarterback takes a look like he took in that Michigan-Minnesota Michigan game, 
even if you did follow the flight of the thrown ball, you've got to see him laying on the ground after, don't you? I mean, you got to see that. Maybe it's time to wear headsets. Brady Hoke does not wear headsets on the sideline, but good chance in his next job, it's going to be a job requirement. Yeah, and in, in today's society, with all the head injuries, you that's not something you can miss, man. That, no, that was a mess. Well, here, here's what happened. It was, it was a long pass, threw the ball down the field. Everybody's following the trajectory of the ball. The thing is that nobody saw this. And then he had been injured before with his ankle. So now when they saw him come off the field and fall, they thought oh, it might have been related to the ankle injuries. They checked out the ankle. They didn't check out his head. Either way, with the concussions and everything else, you know, there, there is some responsibility on the player, but at the end of the day, it's the you know the student athlete has got to be taken care of. Yeah, it, it, you can't. It's just you can't miss it. it I, I, it's not surprising that he's gone, and I, you might feel bad for him, but I mean, this is something where he's got to be gone. There's there's no choice at, at the end of the season. You know, I don't think they do anything mid season, but they are obviously building a case against him. But as long as we're talking about college football, man, you should have should have just stayed in your seats. 21-year-old Anthony Wonder, the Ohio State football fan who ran on the field during a recent game, not only got seriously (laughs) body slammed, I mean, he got taken out, but now he's losing his scholarship, a scholarship which covers both tuition and housing for former golf caddies. Former golf caddies. Now, I saw Caddyshack, and I got to say, I never knew this scholarship for this was a really was really a thing. But I guess it is. You never saw Danny Noonan running onto the field in the movie. Somehow, I wonder though if a lawsuit against a coach for some injury of some sort wouldn't make up for the loss of a scholarship because that coach slammed him down. That hit was amazing. I, I think the coach that slammed him wasn't he a former linebacker for Ohio? He, he yeah, was. Yeah, he was. He and beat I've, him. I've heard fans saying, "Well, you know, he's a fan. He's doing what fans do." The coach has no right to assault him like that, and I got it was a hard hit, no doubt about it. But in t- today's society, you don't know what that guy running across the field is doing. Why is he out there? Does he have a weapon? What's he doing out there? And by the way, running on the field is not what fans do. Fans sit in the bleachers. They sit in their seats. They cheer on their team. Fans belong in the stands. Players belong on the field. Now, we all know that I love the Chinese food. Maybe, Dan, you don't know that, but I love the Chinese food, and I love the Chinese acrobat shows. You know, I love to watch that stuff, but I'm not so sure I'm in the Chinese theater. I Am Marbury debuted this week in China, a theatrical presentation about two Beijing street musicians who must face life's challenges to make it in the world. Sports Illustrator report that says it's uh, less based on Stefan Marbury and it's more a full-blown worship of the former NBA player's oh. life. And it seems, according to reports, <laughs> that Marbury doesn't appear until the very end of the show, but that he is indeed, is indeed doing a dance routine. Yes. Some, some of the riveting dialogue from <laughs> I Am Marbury. Quote, I am Marbury. You are Marbury. We are all connected. I am a champion. You are a champion. <laughs> but it was all yesterday. We will never stop working hard. We will never be satisfied. We will always keep moving on. By the way, the first three performances for this show, I Am Marbury, have been sold out. Why? This this sounds worse than his shoe Starbury, line. Starbury, baby. Yeah. It is like, Starbury. His, his shoe line was an epic flop here. Apparently, they love him over there. Man. Chinese theater. I can't explain it. This is some of the worst stuff I've ever heard. Good for him, man. He's cashing it in. Hey, ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah, wow. It's so bad. 
Coming up later in the program, we'll talk with Buffalo Bills team chaplain Fred Rains. We're going to do other stuff. Do us a favor as we go to break. Take notice of our sponsors. Support them by giving them your business. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, ESPN Rochester. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. Together, you and Nathan can break down retirement planning step-by-step step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman, financial advisor, today at 585-272-0080. Offices located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated member FINRA and SIPC. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service home remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows for interior and exterior remodels. No one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070, 585-402-1070, or visit them at www.mcafeeremodeling.com. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions, serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets, Town & Country Pest Solutions does it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys here on ESPN Rochester. Welcome back to the program. Benson and Those Guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. The guys are here. I'm looking at Darren. And by the way, this is the first broadcast of the post-Jeter era. We're all lacking a little bit. We're all saddened. We're all uh, still trying to recover from a a Jeterless sports world. But Darren's standing here in an old-school A's hat. It seems to me a few weeks ago, midway through the summer, you were standing here in an old-school Tampa Bay hat. I'm just I'm just jumping from ship to ship, whoever's winning. You claim to be a Yankees fan. I've never seen you wear a Yankees hat. I have like 12 Yankees hats. I wear them all the time. Dan, have you ever seen him wear one? Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah, he ah. has. On the weeks that you're not here, he wears one. <laughs> Listen, I am the Face. star of this show. <laughs> I know. And you have more time off than Carson did back in his day. What's oh, going on, Benson? <laughs> Look at this. Benson started this trying to make fun of me, and now he's getting yeah. ripped on. It's just ugly. <laughs> El Grande hap- Queso. This is what happens in a jeterless society. <laughs> <laughs> Police arrested 18 time Olympic gold medal winner Michael Phelps on DUI charges. There's something you don't hear every day. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> 18 t- police arrest 18 time medalist. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. true. You, you don't, don't hear that every day. There's a lot of it. Yeah. I'm sorry if I didn't mean to throw you. Go ahead. No, that, that's a that's a well good well, point. Well played. It, it, yes. Very, very nice. It marks the second time Phelps has been arrested on this very same charge, a first occurring 10 years ago in 2004. According to reports, Phelps clocked at 84 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone which is kind of like Darren's driving, uh, also crossing double lines. I don't do it drunk. No, I didn't say you did. That's what, that's even worse. Yeah, he, he, blew a, <laughs> he blew a .14 and he was going that fast. Like, 
What an idiot. Like, why are you doing this? Okay, that comes up later in my piece. <laughs> oh, my bad. I didn't mean to take your info. You know, you guys are killing me. <laughs> because the conviction was the first, uh, in the first case was waived, Phelps currently faces the same penalties as that of a first-time offender. He's looking at up, uh, up to a year in jail, $1,000 fine, loss of his license for six months. But look, here's the deal. Not only is Phelps lucky, but anyone who may have potentially been hurt in that are also extremely lucky. And now that it's happened a second time, it's extremely fortunate no one was hurt. Michael Phelps needs to check himself. He needs help. He needs professional help. But perhaps had the consequences been more severe the first time around, maybe a lesson would have been, would have been learned. After the 2004 incident, he received 18 months probation and a $250 fine. Oh, yeah, and he had to present an alcohol awareness uh, seminar at a couple of high schools. But listen, 18 months probation and $250 fine for driving under the influence. I think you missed your opportunity to provide some consequences for this young man. I'm all about forgiveness. You guys know that. Listen, I can only think of all the things Christ has forgiven me of. I'm grateful for forgiveness, and I say forgive. But it doesn't take the consequences away. And I just wonder what goes on in the mind of these celebrities, these athletes that think the rules don't apply to them. They can do whatever they want. And it probably stems from a lifetime of being told how special they are, right. that the rules don't apply, and they make special arrangements, and they make special rules for them. But come on, people, we're talking DUI here. The potential for disaster is great, and often that that disaster is to someone other than yourself. We have to stop def- defending people like this. We have to stop making excuses for them. And for society's sake, start holding them accountable. Michael Phelps, I know you're listening. You probably are one of our many podcast <laughs> listeners. Get yourself an accountability partner. Guys, what do you take away from this? I think, first of all, we as fans of these these athletes that do these things, we've talked about Josh Gordon, Michael Phelps, and others. We tend to turn a blind eye to things like this that we would never excuse in ourselves or our friends or people that we know but because they're athletes that we enjoy watching and almost worship in a sense we we, we kind of tend to sweep it under the rug and be like well there he's an athlete they all do this but it's a lot more serious i think than than we let on and also i when i heard about this and and another uh offense like this for michael phelps i thought of the story of samson where he, from a young age, was told how special he was. He was a Nazarite. He was an answer to prayer when he was born because they were barren. And he kind of lived this privileged life where he made a career of being in the wrong place all the time. The Philistines were his mortal enemies, but he's hanging out with Philistines, taking a bride of a Philistine woman. It caused him problems all through his life. He's going where he knows he shouldn't be going, and he could not control himself or keep himself out of those situations that always caused him problems. Well, that's where the accountability partner comes in. Listen, where, where are you going? Why are you out? This, this incident happens at 1.40 in the morning. We all know nothing good happens after 10.30 at night, right? I mean, we should all be in bed by that hour. 10.10 <laughs> is the latest anybody should be awake. Nothing good happens after that. That's right. And to follow up what Zach said, you know, in the Bible, in Genesis, uh, we, we see an example coming from Joseph, who is in the king's courts, and he is gaining favor in in their eyes, and um, in particular with Potiphar's wife. And she takes a fancy to him. And 
it says in verse 11 of chapter 39, but one day when he went into the house to do his work and none of the men in the house was in the house, she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. He did just as what Zach was saying, recognize there's nobody in here to hold me accountable for what's going on. She approached him, took his garment and he turned and ran. I mean, you know, we could, it's safe to say, you know, Potiphar's wife was a powerful woman, you know, probably very attractive. And Joseph knew what was right in that situation. He turned and fled out of the house. We have to, as fans, I think Zach makes a good point. Listen, stop supporting them when they do these things. What happens is we say, okay, nobody got hurt. If he wins the game for me, if he sets a record, if he helps my fantasy league, I'm still cheering the guy on. I find this entire Michael Phelps thing completely inexcusable at this point for for two reasons. Number one, it's the second time. He, he, He should have learned his lesson the first time. Number two, he's. I think he's worth around forty million dollars. Like you don't have the money to call a cab. Like you, you, you can afford a cab. You could probably buy the entire cab company. Like why are you getting behind the wheel of the car? This is completely inexcusable. You have to wonder how often he had gotten away with doing this because of who he is. And you know, I, I look at uh, Hulk Hogan's son, who had been pulled over several times. Uh, racing before he ended up uh, hurt injuring one of his good friends in a car accident. He served time behind bars because of it. And it was, oh, I'm Hulk Hogan's kid. Oh, okay, go ahead. And, you know, you wonder sometimes if that's the case with Michael Phelps. This isn't just, like, two DUIs. He's also been caught pictured with a bong. And yeah. yet they've never pulled the advertisement. Like, Subway and all these other places have never pulled their mm-hmm. ads because the public doesn't care. He tests well, and so it works out. Ryan Braun, oh, we forgive you. He comes back, rousing ovation. He ruined a man's life. He ruined <laughs> he really a FedEx did. driver's life. Yeah. And all of a sudden, yeah, you're forgiven. I mean, it's like, hey, it's, what, can you, what can you do for us? Hey, you keep winning gold medals, make the country proud. Sure, we got to mm-hmm. hold these people accountable. I mean, they're still selling Adrian Peterson jerseys in Minnesota Vikings games on, an NCAA, on NCAA territory. Enough said. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You you think you mentioned Ryan Braun. You think about guys that uh, break the rules, ruin people's lives, tell lie after lie after lie, and then we celebrate right. them. Guys mm-hmm. like Alex Rodriguez, mm-hmm. we love Alex, and Rodriguez. we call it forgiveness, don't we? Doesn't everybody love Al- Al- Alex? Uh, you're on your own. On that I'll one. say this about Alex Rodriguez: I will not be a hypocrite when it comes to Alex. I appreciated when he hit those steroid aided home runs in '09 because it brought the Yankees a championship. Yeah. And you're a Yankee mm-hmm. fan; you rooted for him. You know it too. There's only one Yankee fan I know who didn't. That was Scott Petoniak, guy to a show <laughs> with. But I, I'll be the first to tell you: you know, Yankee fans want to throw you know guys like A Rod under a bus. But wait a second, you know, you knew, you knew after the first time he did it. Were you going to like believe him when he said he wasn't doing it again? Come on, guys! And that's my we point. All, we all no rooted. Exactly. We're responsible, too. Come this June, when he's got 25, 30 home runs halfway through the baseball season, we're going to be like, that's our guy. (laughs) That's my guy. That's not happening. That is not happening. I forgive you. Why? Because you can do something for me. He's going to bat about 250 and have no power anymore. I'm calling it right now. Did you guys see, as long as we're talking about baseball, that they are... Uh, taking recommendations from the Pace of the Game Committee. Major League Baseball will use the Arizona Fall League, which begins play next week, as sort of guinea pigs to test some of its rule changes. For instance, the no-pitch intentional walk. Just manager holds up his four fingers, just let him go. Yes. Why is it taking this long for that to happen anyway? Like It's a pointless four pitches that, I mean, 
it's pointless. I just said it. Like, it's, so crazy things do happen, though. If you every now and again, but for the most part, these guys get it far enough outside to where no one's swinging at it. I think a lot of times the uh, the team that's getting walked wants to see the pitcher, even though it's it adds to the pitch count. Four more pitches. I think they want to work the pitcher. Something goofy can happen. That's why. But baseball is so steeped and stuck in tradition. They've got to move along. Got to catch up with the times. There's the two minute five second inning break clock. Do you guys like a clock in baseball? 205, that's the maximum time allowed between innings, and a batter must be in the box. I have no problems with it. I like that. I like that a lot. You guys, remember Nomar Garcia Parra used to take like a minute between pitches, fixing his gloves and stuff? Well, Get rid of that stuff. The same thing, but what I'm saying is baseball has always been very proud of the fact that it does not have a clock in its game. But at the end of the day, the games are taking longer and longer and longer. you got to remember with sports now, everything is a quicker pace. It's quicker pace. Even though the NFL games with the replay and everything else take forever, at the same time, you're still entertained. You're still entertained by the replay, the announcers, and everything else. You can't get away with that in baseball because there's too much downtime in between. But you notice like with like in football with like these no-huddle offenses, more and more of that stuff, people are more accustomed now to an on-demand world, and baseball's got to catch up. And if you can quicken that game by doing that, by all means, do it. I, I do... I'm not 100% sure how I feel about the the clock, so to speak, but I like that they're trying to speed it up because, okay, we all know I'm a Yankees fan, but Yankees-Red Sox games are almost unbearably long, and I'm a fan of one of the teams. Like They take forever, and in other baseball games, they Here, just Here's long. why that's not going to change. They're, they're not going to speed up the time between innings. There's too many opportunities to run commercials, and there's too many uh, fans hitting the vendors in between. Now, there's also here's, – here's, let me go down a couple others – um, we have the inning break. You guys, you guys like that. I don't particularly like that. The no pitch intentional walk. You guys like that. I don't like that either. Uh, the batter's box rule. The hitter's required to keep at least one foot in the batter's box throughout the at bat, unless you know wild pitch, foul ball, something like that. Do you like that? I do. I think they they had it in high school, but they never enforced it. They need to enforce it though. Yeah, that's kind of old school. I kind of like going back to that. Um... Get that old school feel back to the game. Yeah, that one. That one I like. I, I'm with that. And then the other one is the twenty uh, second clock posted in each dugout uh, to prevent pitchers from taking too much. You got twenty seconds to to make your next pitch. You like that? Uh, that's that's kind of dumb. I don't like that one. Let the the rule are, currently is twelve. Is it really? Yeah, it's not enforced. Oh, obviously, it's not enforced. Okay, then. And I believe uh, it's Jake Peavy who is the fastest. Between pitches, and he's at fifteen. Seriously, as an average. Oh, this this twenty second thing isn't going to work then. Well, it's uh, no rule, no law works if you don't enforce it. Yeah, I just see this going the the way of like you know the uh, the reviews in football where it's just going to be hard to enforce that you know that that rule with any of the time clock situations. It's just going to be a suggestion almost more than a rule. The three timeout limit. Teams get three trips to the mound by managers, coaches, and catchers during the game. Except for if you're taking the pitcher out. Buck Showalter would hate that. Then let's do it. If yeah. it gets oh, under Buck's skin, yeah. I'm all for it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess you guys like it. We'll see. My prediction is this stuff takes place in the Arizona Fall League, and we never see it at the major league level. There's a good chance you're right. I am usually am. <laughs> you're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, you can visit us on our website, btgprogram.com, or you can visit us on Twitter, at BTG Program.
This is ESPN Rochester. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets. Town & Country Pest Solutions does it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. Together, you and Nathan can break down retirement planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman Financial Advisor today at 585-272-0080. Offices located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, it's Benson. I hope you enjoy the program. We've set out to bring you a different kind of sports talk show. We want to be entertaining, but we also have a message to share, and that's the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that God is glorified through the show's mixing of sports, humor, and faith. And our goal is that the program appeals to everyone, not just faith-based audiences. After all, it's not a faith program with sports, it's a sports program with faith. But the costs are considerable, I'm afraid. Advertisers are certainly a helpful blessing, but we're primarily a listener-supported program. And in order to continue what we're doing, we need your help. Perhaps you could consider giving a financial gift. You can go to our website, btgprogram.com, and make a one-time donation or even become a recurring supporter. And to show our appreciation, with every gift of $25 or more, we'll send you a T-shirt to say thank you. On behalf of those guys... I want you to know that we covet your prayers and appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening to Benson and Those Guys. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys here on ESPN Rochester. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Fred Rains is, uh, works with one of our favorite ministries, Athletes in Action. He's also the team chaplain for the Buffalo Bills, and he joins us now. Fred, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Rick. I appreciate the chance to uh, to get to know you and to talk, and uh should be a good time. I look forward to it. How long have you been the uh, chaplain with the Buffalo Bills? Well, actually, uh, well, this this is our 31st year here, actually. Wow. It's been... uh, kind of an interesting story. I got back here, or actually was invited here in 1984 by a few of the Bills players, some of the... Uh, People that have followed the Bills over the years, one was uh, Jerry Butler, wide receiver from Clemson, and Mark Bramer, tight end from Michigan State, uh, John Kidd, punter from Northwestern, and Greg Cater, who is a current punter. So they were instrumental in uh, in bringing my wife and I here. They uh, At that particular time, uh, Kay Stevenson actually was the head coach, but uh, they had Chapel and Mass in their regular schedule, but... Uh, they didn't have a team study, and uh, they didn't have a women's study, uh, and they really wanted to have someone that would really come and minister and be available to the players and their wives. And because some of the pastors that would come in, obviously they could come in and speak on Sunday, but then they were gone; they weren't around the rest of the week. 
So I kind of appreciate the vision they had to really reach the whole Bills organization versus just come in, do a nice message, and then you're gone kind of a thing. Has your so, role uh, with the team there changed over the years, over 31 years? Have you, have you seen a difference in professional athletes and a willingness to go to Bible studies? Well, actually, it's uh, it's gotten stronger, you know, the last few years. Well, that's good to hear. And now I think because so many of the uh, professional players were professing their faith and uh, growing in their faith, it began to trickle down into the colleges and high schools, and now... A lot of times, by the time they get here to us, I mean, they're they're mature, they're ready to go, they know where their heart's at, they have a passion to uh, to know the Lord and to follow Him and to honor Him. So it's kind of a unique uh, environment. What is, uh, what is your role, what are some of the functions that you do as it? What does a team chaplain do, and what does a typical day look like for you? Well, a lot of it just depends on you know, the time of year and the day, but pretty much, you know, we uh, I have a leadership group of guys that really spearhead the ministry within the locker room on Monday mornings. And then uh, my wife has a women's study for the, uh, for the players' wives, girlfriends, and coaches' wives on uh, Wednesday morning. Then Thursday night, after the guys finish at the stadium, we have a, a team study, and that's for everybody, for players, uh, wives, girlfriends, and that's on uh, Thursday night. And then uh, Coach Marone has uh, coach, has a mass and chapel on uh, Saturday night, uh, you know, before the games. We're talking with Fred Rains. He is uh, with Athletes in Action. He's a team chaplain for the Buffalo Bills. And Fred, does does every team have somebody like you, or is this kind of unique to the the Bills? Oh no, every team within the NFL has someone in that capacity. Uh, with Athletes in Action, we we're with like twelve of the NFL teams. Um, have a couple guys that do Major League Baseball. Uh, one guy that does the NBA, but but uh, our main emphasis really has been within the NF, in the NFL in the last few years. But yes, every team does have someone, and then every organization kind of sets the parameters of how much access the chaplain has when they want them there, how much they want them there, uh, whether they travel or don't travel, those kind of things. Over the years that you've been with the Buffalo Bills. Who have been some of the team's spiritual leaders that you've really enjoyed working with? Oh, golly. I've got, I could go back a long ways. I mean, Jerry Butler was tremendous. And actually, Jerry Butler, um, you know, was the player programs guy here in, in Buffalo for a lot of years. Did a football camp with Jerry for 18 years. Uh, then he went to Cleveland and coached and was a player programs guy there for the Browns. Now he's in Denver and uh, works for the Denver Broncos. So um, he's a favorite. Obviously, Frank Reich is a close friend of mine, you know, and Steve Tasker, the guys during the 90s, you know, Pete Metzelars, Don Beebe, those guys. Um, you know, recently, I mean, Jay Reimersman, early 2000s, you know, Chris Kelsey. Uh, Lee Evans, you know Josh Reed. I mean, I could go on for, for yeah. I'd say over 31 time. years, you've had the opportunity to work with quite a few guys. Yeah, 
you know, we, we've had quite a, a legacy here. And that's been kind of the unique thing, that Buffalo has always had a good spiritual foundation here. Part of that is the organization. Part of it has been the coaches that, you know, want to emphasize that. And each team is different in that way. It just depends on the environment that the head coach uh, kind of wants to create there. Um, some coaches are more, you know, open to it than others. So uh, whenever there's a coaching change, and I've been through a lot of them, it just depends on I'm there to serve and to do whatever I can to help, you know, create that environment within the parameters that uh, the head coach uh, sets there. Can you share with us how you uh, first came to know Jesus Christ and how God led you to where you currently serve? Well, um, we're going to go back a few years now because uh, uh, it was my freshman year in college. Uh, I grew up in the church when I in uh, high school, and uh, you know I had uh, the perfect attendance pins, and you know I was the older boy and carried the cross and rang the bells and helped serve. Uh, communion, you know, those kind of things. And uh, my grandfather uh, was actually a a minister, and he uh, actually had some of his Bibles. I never met him. He died when my my dad was fairly young. And I used to even take uh, those Bibles up to a cemetery that was near my home, and I would just kind of read them. But I never could make any sense out of them. And I knew that Jesus had something to do with my relationship with God, but I had no idea how it all fit together. And uh, when I went to college, I I ran into a guy on my dorm floor, and we just kind of got together one Saturday night. And uh, just were kind of talking, and he had been brought up in a church that really talked about how you need to ask Christ to come into your life by faith and trust him. And that was one thing I had never heard in my life. I knew Jesus had something to do with it, but I had no idea what I had to do with him. And so we kind of went back to my dorm room, and uh, I kind of prayed for him, and he prayed for me. And my prayer was pretty simple. I just said, God, if you're real, come into my life and show me. And at that point, I had a peace like I never had experienced before. And uh, we got up from praying, turned the lights on in my dorm room, and all of a sudden there was a knock on the door. And it was a guy from across the hall and said, hey, do you guys want to go to church with me tomorrow? Wow. And we just kind of looked at each other and said, well, I guess we committed our lives to Christ. That would be a natural thing to do. So we went to church with him. And uh, then we got a group of guys together and started uh, to grow in our faith. So that's uh, a little bit how I got involved with what I'm doing and then... Uh, we were going to start the Fellowship of Christian Athletes on our campus. I played tennis in high school and college. And so uh, we had a speaker from Ohio State. I went to a small school in Ohio, and it was close to Ohio State. They came up and talked to us. And uh, I don't know if you ever remember the Ohio State quarterback. His name was Rex Kern, but he was one of the first college athletes I ever heard talk about having a relationship with Christ. And we talked with the guy that came up with him about what we wanted to do to reach our campus and to grow in our faith. And he got us in touch with an organization called Campus Crusade for Christ, which is now Crew. And Athletes in Action is the sports ministry of Crew. And I've been involved with, with Crew ever since my freshman year in college then. So it's wow. been a while. 
So you've been with AIA your whole saved life then? Well, no, not re- not really. Uh, I I really was involved. Uh, well, for four years in college, I was involved with crew, and uh, and then my wife and I came on staff with crew, and then we worked with high school students. Um, you know, for six years, and we worked uh, at Illinois State Un- University with uh, college students for seven years. And uh, it was Illinois State where I really got a vision to work with athletes because my ministry pretty much there at Illinois State was with the football team and the basketball team and the baseball team. And then, uh, and I brought some professional athletes to come to speak to my athletes there at Illinois State. We brought John Anderson in. He was a linebacker with the Packers years ago. And then Archie Griffin, we brought him over from Ohio State. He's the only two-time Heisman Trophy winner. And I saw the impact that they had on the athletes that I was working with. And I just began to get a vision that reaching a professional athlete can have more of an influence and impact more people than I ever could by myself. And so when some of the Athletes in Action staff uh, really said, hey, we've got an opening in Buffalo. There's some players there that want someone to go there. Would you pray about going there? So I came and visited with Jerry and and Mark Bramer and spent some time and prayed about it for about a month and decided that this is where the Lord wanted us and uh, felt like we could really make more of an impact in the world by coming here than staying at Illinois State, so it's 30 years later, and we're still here. Growing up, were you a football fan, and specifically, were you a Buffalo Bills fan? Uh, No, I'd never seen the Bills play. I was really a Cleveland Browns fan, being in Ohio, Uh, so I kind of rooted for Ohio State and Cleveland, So, and I still root for Cleveland, except when they're playing us. Yeah, you don't let your players know that. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. Fred, I want to thank you for joining us. And before we let you go, let me ask you, is there anything specific we can pray for you about? Well, just continue to pray that uh, that the leaders on the team spiritually and my leadership group men, and I might mention just for your listening audience, uh, some of the men within the Bills locker room who are really making an impact for Christ are uh, Kyle Williams and Scott Chandler, uh, Eric Wood, C.J. Spiller, uh, our strong leaders, Manny Lawson, you know, is another leader. Uh, these are some of the guys that really are important in making sure things are, are done there and that the Lord's name is lifted up. And uh, But just continue to pray that we'd be faithful, that we'd persevere, and that God would continue to give us, give us favor and give us open doors just to uh, to share Christ there. All right, well, we'll do that. We'll keep that in prayer. We'll keep those men in prayer, and I want to thank you again for joining us on the show. Oh, sure, Rick. It's my privilege anytime, and uh, look forward to talking to you again sometime. Thanks, Fred. He's Fred Rains, Athletes in Action, team chaplain for the Buffalo Bills. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions on ESPN Rochester. Ask Ameriprise Financial Advisor Nathan R. Wegman about the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach. Together, you and Nathan can break down retirement planning step-by-step to get the real answers you need. Call Nathan R. Wegman Financial Advisor today 
at 585-272-0080. Offices located at 2024 West Henrietta Road, Building 3E, Rochester, New York, 14623. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Looking for custom-made apparel for your team, your family, or your business? Look no further than Match Play Custom Apparel. Great design, great selection, great prices. You can order online, call, email, or stop in. It's at 439 Central Avenue in Rochester. Match Play Custom Apparel. You can visit them online at matchplaycustomapparel.com. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Any design, any team, any logo, they'll do it. Matchplaycustomapparel.com. Title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Serving Rochester for over 25 years, Town & Country Pest Solutions team of knowledgeable professionals can make your pest problem a thing of the past. Alligators, ants, bedbugs, snakes, yellow jackets. Town & Country Pest Solutions does it all. Take back your home and put your mind at ease. Call Town & Country today at 426-5024. That's 426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing. Nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service home remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows for interior and exterior remodels. No one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070, 585-402-1070, or visit them at www.mcafeeremodeling.com. And now, a fantasy moment with Darren's wife. It's about football. Welcome back to Benson and Those Guys, presented by Town & Country Pest Solutions. I'm Darren, and uh, we have some fantasy advice uh, from my wife, Mandy. Uh, Her advice last week, however, was a blowout. Uh, Doug Martin scored 11 more points than Darren's Proles, um, so it it, kind of hurt me. Mandy's now 3-1, and and, uh, we're going to give her one more chance here. Uh, So, hon, this week I'm torn between Michael Floyd, Percy Harvin... And Clayton Kershaw for my flex position. Harvin's had a couple rough games, but he's, he's got a big upside. Floyd is on pace for a monster season, but he's facing a Denver defense who's allowed the seventh fewest points to wide receivers. And then we got Clayton Kershaw. I mean, the dude's an absolute stud. He's an MVP candidate, but I, I don't know if that will translate into him being a good wide receiver uh, this Sunday. So who should I take of those three guys? Um, I think I would go with Clayton Kershaw. All right, Why? I mean, you just said he was a stud, but I don't know. I just, <laughs> all right, I'm we're, just feeling it, I guess. <laughs> all right. We're going to go with Clayton Kershaw. So you heard it here on Benson and those guys. Start Clayton Kershaw in your flex for fantasy football. And uh, we will come back next week with uh, how Clayton Kershaw did in football. I have a good feeling about this one. All right. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. This is great. All right. Well, thank you. We will uh, figure out how we do next week. All right. Thanks. Yep. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solution. Darren has no shame. Objection. <laughs> leading the witness. <laughs> that was a completely leading question. If you are not, after the broadcast, sleeping on the couch... <laughs> A good night that you set her up. Oh, I'm I'm gonna be in trouble. <laughs> I'm, I immediately regret what I just did. 
Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> uh, I want to give the listeners a little insight on what happens on a number one faith-based sports radio program in between breaks, what we talk about. You think we're talking about the the show and what we're going to do. Um, Pastor Shane gave great advice by blurting out, don't yell at bears. <laughs> it was fairly random out of left field. Just don't yell at bears, which led to this great discussion about, well, what if you're being chased by a bear? What do you do? This is what's going on in between <laughs> segments of the program. And Darren, after Shane's great advice, don't yell at bears, Darren says, well, it's no big deal. You just run, just can't be the slowest person in the room. Now, let me just say that's not fair for everybody in the room. I've heard that advice before, and I don't particularly care for it. As somebody who will have some difficulty outrunning the rest of you, that's I'm, what we do. I'm, I'm feeling real safe if I'm, if I'm with you guys. I am definitely the fastest here. A behind-the-scenes look at Benson and those guys. <laughs> A passionate subject here as we texted back and forth this week, and I will admit to you that some got very sensitive and angry about this. Zach. The bu- <laughs> well, I wasn't going to name names. Zach. You're going to keep that confident. <laughs> the Buffalo Bills have made a change at quarterback for their upcoming game against the Detroit Lions. Out is E.J. Manuel. In is Kyle Orton. And I see this only as Doug Marone saying that, he is going to be, if he's going to be held accountable for the performance of the team, in other words, in the interest of job security, then he wants the guy that helps him win right now in the future does not matter. Because if the Bills continue to lose, there really is no future for Marone. I mean, there's a new ownership group. He has to prove himself, and he has no insurance that he is their guy unless he wins Uh, now for them. This is not a situation of playing Orton and and, and allowing Manuel to learn by uh, holding the clipboard on the sidelines. This is moving on. This is saying we are done. I mean, how can you go back? How do you go back to Manuel after you've just basically announced you're not the guy? So you have Kyle Orton as your quarterback, and my problem is that he is not putting you over the top and winning you a Super Bowl. Now, I've heard Bills fans that, well... He'll get us to the playoffs. We'll get to the playoffs. And I had to ask because I have plenty of friends who are Bills fans and they are Yankees fans. And I wanted to know, scientific experiment, how the thought process go. Because Yankee fan is never satisfied. I'm not trying to make this about Yankee fans or Red Sox fans or anything else. But they are ne- their mentality is not we want to make the playoffs. Their mentality is we didn't win the World Series. This year stunk. Bill's fan is like, well, if we can get to the playoffs, that's a step forward. And with Kyle Orton as your quarterback, is this team going to win the Super Bowl in the next couple of years? Absolutely not. And by the way, with no first-round draft pick next year, you are now saddled with Orton for the foreseeable future. So you, the best you can do is grab a second and third guy, second and third round guy next year, develop him because you've moved on from Manuel, and while you're doing that, you are with Orton for several more years. I get it. Manuel was the GM's guy. I don't know that he was necessarily Doug Marone's guy. But I think the Bills are better served by letting Manuel play. Unless, of course, as one of you pointed out, I don't remember, his passes, if they're getting somebody hurt, I get it. you got to make the change. But Super Bowls are won by teams that have played together. They've gone through the battle a time or two. The Bills have, what, two rookies on the line. 
They got a rookie at receiver. They got another receiver who's a first year with the team. Give Manuel time to grow with the team because you're you're not winning a Super Bowl this year with Orton anyway. It's a desperation move designed to give the coach some additional rope before he hangs himself. Well, okay, and then just turn and look at me to, to rebut well, and you, you were wanting to say something. I know you well, wanted to jump I, in there. The first thing I thought of, actually, while you were talking about needing a young quarterback and not being able to win with a guy like Kyle Orton, was the Ravens who won with a strong defense and Trent Dilfer, the Buccaneers who won with a strong defense and Brad Johnson. But the Bills uh, are neither one of those. Well, no, they're, they are a very good defense. Yeah, but they're, they're, they got they're injuries piling up, and it's only going to get worse throughout look, the season. you got a secondary that's highly overrated, yeah. and you're looking at a team that now has a new ownership group coming in in, in a week and a half. So this is this is why the time is now. I hate it. I agree with Benson. I wish they could they could play EJ Manuel, but they have no excuses. Yeah, I, they, they, he, he he's been awful, and he's hanging receivers out to dry. Yeah. There's nothing you could do about it. And the, 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 this quarterback situation is even worse than it even appears right now. Yeah, oh, Benson, I'm with you. I don't think it's probable. I'm not saying it's going to happen that they're going to win the Super Bowl with him, but I think. The argument that you need to let EJ build chemistry with these receivers, I don't think it's valid because those receivers are all going to be on crutches relatively soon if they keep catching passes from him. I think it needed to be done because this team is good enough to make some noise in a weak Eastern Conference. This is, this is a stupid move, and I got some numbers to back it up here. Orton's career completion percentage is 58.5. Manuel's at this point is 58.6. Neither are very good, but kind of the same quarterback there. Orton's career QB rating is 79.9. EJ's is 78.5. Orton, 6.6 yards in attempt. EJ, 6.4. They're basically the same quarterback on paper here. And... Okay, and Orton's rushed for three uh, three touchdowns in his career. EJ's also done that in uh, however many less seasons. Okay, he's played 14 games. Orton's played many more. EJ's more mobile. EJ's younger. Why not just let him develop? Like I don't get this move. It's stupid. There's no time. There's no time to let him develop. This mentorship program that they have set up in Buffalo for their quarterbacks, this pattern is just not working. I mean, this, how many times are they going to do this? You know, it's... You know, EJ has to have a chance to, you know, gain experience. Orton needs to be there to be helping him to learn through this process. You know, yeah, he is, you know, leaving his wide receivers out to out to dry. You know, that that is a major issue. But I think you're giving up on EJ too too soon. He's he's lost two games to two good football teams. Don't give up on him yet. Well, what is Kyle Orton going to teach him? How to be mediocre? That's not, all he is. Kyle Orton's not a guy who's going to teach a backup quarterback anything. He didn't get along with Tim Tebow. He didn't get along with Tony Romo. He's not. He, he's out there to play for himself, and he saw Buffalo as a perfect opportunity to get a payday and go out there and play. He's 8-23 and 23 in his last 31 starts. That's the number you need to know. That's the most important number. And he keeps getting replaced everywhere he goes, and now he finally replaces somebody, but... Newsflash, he's not any better than Manny. But as bad as it is, they had to make the move Let me give week. you a reason why you cannot trust... Kyle Orton as your quarterback. The mustache? Got, the mustache. The guy looks like the Mandarin from Iron Man movies. Right? His, I, his player profile picture is just fantastic. The I never is, thought there'd be a worse one than Marshawn Lynch's prayer, player profile. That's bad. But Kyle Orton's is worse. Did anybody hear the comments from Sammy Watkins today? He basically said there's a big difference in practice this week with Kyle Orton because he said Kyle Orton takes command. He tells us what's going on. He reads the defense much quicker. And 
it, they said it's a big adjustment, but it's a good adjustment. And I think maybe he's not standing with EJ Manuel telling him word for word what's going on and how to do these things, but EJ can learn from watching this. And don't forget, the original plan was he was going to sit behind Kevin Cobb for a year. They knew he was raw. They knew he needed to sit. He wasn't able to because Kevin Cobb predictably fell apart. But I think maybe a year and a half late, he's going to have that opportunity. I don't think we've seen the last of EJ Manuel. I, I don't think you've seen the last of EJ Manuel. I think you've seen the last of him in a Buffalo Bills uniform. The next time he starts in this league, he'll be wearing a different jersey outside of Kyle Orton getting hurt. This is the Benson and Those Guys program, sponsored by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Our Pest of the Week is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. If you have a pest problem, get our good friends at Town & Country on the job, and you will have that problem no more. I want to start with my Pest of the Week. My Pest of the Week is New York Giants safety Entrell Roll for his comments explaining why teammate Prince Amakamara is playing the best football of his young NFL career. <laughs> Roll says it's because the recently married Amukamara, a devout Christian who opted to obey God and abstain from premarital sex, has, quote, more swagger and is, quote, developing more as a man and being the dominant player that we need, unquote referring to Amakamura now having sex. Entrell Roll is easily my pest of the week. My pest of the week is my friend uh, Jerry Trigay. He was 3-for-3 in the second inning of our softball game Monday night. He had a home run, a triple, and a double, meaning he only needed a single, and he had two at-bats to get it. Both times he had a sack fly. That's terrible, man. It's a floating pitch. you got to be able to hit a single. You're my pest of the week. Now I play on this softball team. Uh Uh-huh. And, and I've got a little bit of a dilemma, so maybe you can tweet me here at the program on Twitter. Yeah, a little, little quicker, fellas. <laughs> Let's try that again. Maybe you could tweet me here on Twitter. Okay, you send us a tweet because I got to know what to do here. The team is three and zero without me, and they're right Owen Owen three o- or Owen something two. like Owen that. Owen two with you with me. Now I'm obviously the best player on the team. I'm most fleet of foot. I'm obviously the best hitter. But I, I've I, admittedly a little bit of a slump. So I don't know. Do I play in the postseason knowing they're 0-2 when I play? Or do I come up with an injury? I, I actually wrote a rant for you about this. Oh. Well, let, all right. Let's hear your rant, and then we'll get back to their pest of the week. All right. Benson, Mr. O for the season is still O for the season. Our team is undefeated undefeated when he's not there. And to further prove his athletic prowess, we were we were out for coffee the other day, and my man was an arm's length away from the trash can. He could reach out and touch this thing with his fingertips, yet he somehow inexplicably airballed his attempt to dunk his coffee cup, getting nothing but floor. I've also seen this man stretch home runs into doubles on more than one occasion. Yeah. And he's even been known to cover roughly a five-square-foot area when playing right field. I say all this to confirm that he is most certainly due for a big game. Big poppy Manny Ramirez circa 2004 against the Yankees in the playoffs type big. Come out to Henrietta, 595 Calkins Road this Monday at 6 p.m. And when we win that game, we play again at 8.30. Watch my man Benson single-handedly bring us the championship. There is nothing unreasonable about that. Hashtag Mike Trout of softball. You. You just told everybody where we'd be. The yeah, paparazzi. I want, them, I want them to come see you play. You're gonna you're gonna deliver. Pest of the week is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Zach, who is your pest of the week? First of all, the Yankees swept the Red Sox in 2004. As far as I'm concerned, 
I have blocked out anything else that happened in that series. My Pest of the Week, since we're making Pest of the Weeks out of our friends, is Darren, the commissioner of my most valuable money fantasy football league, forgot to add kick return stats to points for the league. I have two very good kick returners I'm getting no points for. It's Darren's fault. You get it for the defense. It's just not for your the trades you just made. Who cares? My Pest of the Week is my good buddy, Miguel Cabrera, for initially saying that he was not going to take the playoff bonus and then saying, uh, it was a joke, I'm going to go ahead and take that. Absolutely. I'm with Miguel. My Pest of the Week, the Minnesota Vikings. I don't know if it's the Vikings or their fans, but they're still selling Adrian Peterson jerseys, which means people are buying Adrian Peterson jerseys. Enough, guys. It's child abuse. It's not spanking. Big difference. It's My Pest of the Week. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. Darren's got something more to add. No, I was just after your rant. I don't know. I just called you the Mike Trout of softball. I said you, you were called doomed. me a lot of other things in there too. <laughs> something about a five foot radius for covering. My bad. I'll give you seven. It's hurtful. It's mean spirited, and it's unnecessary. You listen to Benson and those guys. Thanks for joining us. You can follow us on our website btgprogram.com or follow us on Twitter. At BTG Program. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. Who who knows what else? You can find us on our podcast. <laughs> search us on iTunes. Go to the website. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions on ESPN Rochester. Twitter. Hi, it's Benson. I hope you enjoy the program. We've set out to bring you a different kind of sports talk show. We want to be entertaining, but we also have a message to share, and that's the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that God is glorified through the show's mixing of sports, humor, and faith. And our goal is that the program appeals to everyone, not just faith-based audiences. After all, it's not a faith program with sports, it's a sports program with faith. But the costs are considerable, I'm afraid. Advertisers are certainly a helpful blessing, but we're primarily a listener-supported program, and in order to continue what we're doing, we need your help. Perhaps you could consider giving a financial gift. You can go to our website, btgprogram.com, and make a one-time donation or even become a recurring supporter. And to show our appreciation, with every gift of $25 or more, we'll send you a T-shirt to say thank you. On behalf of those guys, I want you to know that we covet your prayers and appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening to Benson and those guys.